0: Why don't we take our seats this morning and um, we're just going to get into a bit of a message and you wonder, you wonder sometimes how, um, you know, I think sometimes even in the Christian world there's a lot of confusion about what the crucif- uh, crucifixion was all about and we need to unpack that a little bit. But I just felt to share this morning how, uh, um, how you know, the first, the first result of Adam and Eve And the fall in the garden was what? What was their first action? To hide. Why would you hide? Because you've got fear. Why would you have fear? Because you've got shame. Shame made them hide. Shame made them go you know, just, you know, let's go get out of here. Let's run, you know, because we've got shame. And the first thing that God does when you come to him in Christ Jesus, he deals with your shame. You know, we often pray that, you know, when we come into his presence and we pray, we pray that we would not come with a sense of sin or guilt or inferiority or shame, you know, because of what he did on the cross, because we know that we can come boldly into the presence of God because of what he did on the cross. Amen. And sometimes I think it's good for us to remind ourselves and and Good Friday is a good day to do that, how it is that we can be free of shame. So let's go there and let's look at that today. So, Father, we thank you again for your word today, Lord. We thank you that it's a, uh, the entrance of your word gives us light. Lord, that we can see clearly because of your word. Lord, it's like a lamp unto our feet and a guide unto our path, Lord. Shows us where we are, but also shows us where we can go. So, Lord, we thank you for revelation tonight, uh, today, Lord God. We thank you for revelation knowledge that would, would enlighten us and allow us to continue on in our path in you. We ask this today in the precious name of Jesus. and Everyone said amen. How many would agree that the crucifixion is hard to understand sometimes, to get the right grip on what happened at the crucifixion of Jesus? And, and of course, understanding why Jesus was crucified helps us to experience the truth and the reality of the resurrection, which, we, which is obviously a focus for Resurrection Sunday. You know, that resurrection, you know, it's a focus that allows and it frames it up for us. So let's kind of break it down. Let's kind of unpack it a little bit this morning, uh, if you will. Jesus' death at the hands of Roman rule was not a major setback for a new and growing world religion. Okay, got to get that out of the way first. It wasn't a momentary loss of attention by the angels that should have had his back. It wasn't that. We need to know the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary did not take God by surprise. What are they doing to my son? You know, all of a sudden, God, What? hang on, they're going to crucify him? No. That's not what happened. And and of course, we need to be a people that not only understand that, but actually tell others that. It wasn't a mistake. God didn't miss it, allowing Jesus to go to the cross. We must never consider the death of Jesus upon the cross as an accident. His death was a fulfilment of the rescue plan of God for mankind. And it would be understandable for many to think that the plan for Jesus to die sacrificially was established sometime following the fall of Adam and even the garden as a kind of a plan B for mankind. Okay, there's plan A, but now we have to go to plan B. It's not, it wasn't even that. Scripture reveals so much more about God's plan For Jesus to die on the cross and and we should be aware of it, we should know it, we should be ready to tell others about it as well. You see, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, before the beginning of anything, the Godhead looks down through the passage of time and sees that man's frailty is in having free will. Consider that, okay? Man's frailty is that he's got free will. And the will... Enables him to choose the wrong thing. And it's determined, okay, before the foundation of the earth that the Lamb would be slain. Because of it, forward provision sees the end from the beginning. He's the offer and the Omega. And it's written there in uh, Revelations 13 8, before the foundation of the earth, the Lamb will be slain. It's written in the minutes. Son of God says, I'll go. Have that meeting before anything. I'll go. I'll do it. And 50 days after the cross, the Apostle Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost and makes it clear. Although men did conspire together, Judas, you know, the the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, the Roman government of the day, they did conspire against him. But his death was still God's plan. That's something to think about, isn't it? Acts chapter uh, 2 and in verse 23, it says he was handed over by God's set plan and foreknowledge. Amen? Set plan and foreknowledge. He knew that we'd need a saviour. And it was God's plan. And you by the hands of law of the lawless, Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. They ended up doing what God had planned, even though they were doing it out of evil. And what the devil meant for evil, what did God do? Turned it for good. Amen. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as... uh, Sorry, next scripture. Uh, Missed my, my cue there. 1 Peter 1 and verse 18 says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. You inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or spot. Verse 20. He was known before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. So here's God's plan unfolding to bring many sons and daughters to glory. I get excited when you see the whole picture and how he works in hearts to to bring people to himself, to bring them into his eternal plan. And uh, sons and daughters of the living God. It goes on and says in Ephesians 1.4, it says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. See, you know, it wasn't just seeing Jesus, he was seeing us. It says uh, uh, in Hebrews there that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Have you ever stopped and wondered what was the joy that was set before Jesus for him to endure that cross? What was that joy? It was us. Perhaps not sitting here on Good Friday morning, but every day celebrating him. Every day recognizing that he did it for us. That was the joy that was set before him that helped him to endure that most horrible death. Torturous death that he endured. Matthew 16 and verse 21 says, From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and scribes, the religious of the day, that he must be killed and on that third day be raised to life. We see that Jesus knew that he had to fulfill God's plan and purpose. He was faithful to the call. The prophet Isaiah also foretold the crucifixion and uh, we know them well. We often uh, speak of the prophet Isaiah um, who 750 years, even before Jesus was born, gets God's excitement in his heart for what Jesus would do on the cross. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed for he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like the one from whom, the men, uh, whom men hid their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. He's just busy about that job that role that function that he had to do and no one else could do not a single other person could do what jesus had to do verse four surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried yet ourselves esteemed him stricken smitten of god and afflicted but he was pierced pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. We talk about how healing is a part of the atonement. It's not just the blood, it's also uh, the bread. Of course, the the body that was broken is represented. And verse 6, All of us like sheep have gone astray Each of us have turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Doesn't matter where you are with God. Doesn't matter. He made Jesus to carry the cost of our iniquity, our sin, our wickedness was upon him, that penalty. So we ask the question and give an answer here today. Why did Jesus need to die? Two reasons, two key reasons is God is a God of justice and God is a God of love. We see the two playing out in the um, crucifixion of Jesus. The first one, because God is a God of justice, he could not let mankind off from judgment for the sin of Adam and Eve. Couldn't let them off, just say, I like them so much, I'm just going to let this go. It's all right, Jesus, don't go to the cross. We'll We'll just let this one slide. Couldn't happen. He's a God of justice. The Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death. A, a, a penalty for sin had to be paid. And that's what we see in the crucifixion of Jesus. Because did not, God did not want mankind to bear the judgment of sin. There had to be a penalty paid. Because he did not want man to go to hell eternally. And in his foreknowledge... He planned for and sent Jesus. And that's what we rejoice about. Was a a great substitutionary sacrifice that was made at the cross. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 25 to 27, it says, uh, Nor did he enter heaven to offer for himself again and again as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all, once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by sacrifice of himself. But aren't you glad sin has been done away with? That's what my Bible says. Sin's been done away with. And, of course, the second reason that God is a God of love, and I really want us to finish on this point today, uh, 1 John verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 17 to 16, Actually, just 7 to 10. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. It's just with one of the kids this morning. And, of course, with less going on this morning, you know, we haven't got our our full contingent of congregation. i had time to just um, enjoy our... Um, a mosaic at the front door there, and uh, was asking one of the little kids if they'd seen what's written here, and they sat there and read it out: "God is love in pearl shell there in our little mosaic," and had a bit of a chat with them about that. But I tell you what, I want more than anything is for children and you know right up to adulthood and into people into their senior years just to know this: is that God loves you right where you are. He's shown that he's quite willing to do away with sin and has done that in Christ Jesus and love us where we are. And that's why we as Christians can be bold to go out amongst those that we would say are unsaved or unchurched or, you know, any of those things and say, God loves you. God loves you right where you are because of what Jesus did on the cross. Not because, you know, of anything they've done or they deserve or they've been good enough to to receive, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it says this, uh, I'll pick it up, uh, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for sins. Let that, let that go in today. Let that touch your heart today. That's how he showed his love to us. And we would never have experienced the love of God except that Jesus died on the cross to demonstrate that great love for us. And I almost need not go there, but I will anyway. Last scripture, John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Get where he was coming from, to save the world through him. Amen. God's intention from the beginning of anything was to send a saviour into the world because of the frailty of mankind's creation. We were given free will. And it was inevitable. We were going to make a mistake somewhere, you know, with that free will, that ability to choose for ourselves. We are going to make a mistake sooner or later. And Adam and Eve did it straight away, made the wrong choice. and Mankind fell. And we know the salvation message that for those that, that come to Jesus and believe on him, that believe that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says they're saved. God's not out to condemn people. But that's how we come into his circle of love. That's how we actually receive what he did on the cross, by believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth. Well, this morning I just realised that we're going to receive communion together and close with that. So why don't we, uh, why don't we all come and, and partake of the elements together we'll just return to our seats and we'll lead you in that, about the good thing that you did for us. We're daily reminded of, Lord and appreciate, Father. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen.